Hello, Mighty Warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Sunday, January 17th, 2021, and this is day 1056 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you and praise you. Thank you for waking us up to see this great, great day that you created for us. Help us, Lord, to relish every single moment of it and to celebrate you as we go forth and fulfill the purpose that you've given us. I ask, Father, that you will comfort the brokenhearted and heal the sick and bless those who may be in financial need. I ask, my Lord, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to MI15. Today's message is, your time has come. Yep, it's about you right now. It's your turn, even though you've been kind of standing in the background. (laughs) It's time. Your time has come. And uh, don't be afraid. God is with you. So it's time to step it up and step out. So we're going to be coming out of 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. Yesterday, we talked about Hannah and how she gave up her son, and God blessed her with many more children. She was barren at first, and then she gave up Samuel to the Lord to be a priest for God, and now it's Samuel's turn. Let's learn a little bit more about that. First Samuel chapter 3, starting in verse 1, it says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. So Eli was like the head priest, and he he was uh, 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 Samuel's mentor, um, kind of like his father even. Uh, and so it says, In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Actually, God had not spoken to Eli or any of the uh, prophets at that time for 300 years. It wasn't since uh, it was uh, the last ones was Moses and um, uh, um, Joshua. Yeah, Moses and Joshua. So he says, it says here, uh, verse two, one night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak, that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. And that's where God's presence was, um, the ark of the covenant. And uh, it was a very powerful uh, uh, presence of God, and that's where uh, his presence where it was. Um, there was um, a sample of Jarmana was put in the Ark of the Covenant, uh, Aaron's rod, which sprouted um, buds fl- that blossomed, was also in the Ark of the Covenant. And so it was uh, God's uh, presence was there. So that's where Samuel was laid down in, uh, in the tent Uh, where uh, God's presence was, like the tent of meeting. And so anyway, it says, uh, 
Um, then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. And Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lay down. So he went and laid down. Again, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. He had not heard God's voice before. A third time the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. Even Eli had not heard God's voice. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and he lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family. I'll share more about that in my notes. From beginning to end, for I told him, that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. So no one in Eli's um, chain, a family line would ever be in the priesthood because of the great sin that Eli's sons committed. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. So he had an assignment, you know, and he he was going through and, and doing what he was to do and opening up the doors of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. Because I can imagine how Samuel would feel. This is his mentor, the only person he's known that raised him. His mom probably visited him and and all that. But to know that this was like his, this was his father and and teaching and training him uh, in the priesthood. And so Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. I think that's pretty wise. (laughs) Yeah, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. He let known of, he let known of Samuel's words fall. He let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. So in other words, Everything that Samuel shared and talked about was of God and was powerful. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel 
was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. And Samuel's word came to all Israel. So God began to speak again to Samuel, a young man, a young boy. I don't know how old he was exactly. I apologize. I didn't do the research to find out. But yeah, he he was still, um, he was not a man yet. <laughs> so looking at this and thinking about this, let, let's go to point number one. Although Eli was the priest, the word of God did not come to him. The word of God had not come for 300 years, as I stated before, during the rule of judges until now to a young boy in priestly training. With God, it's not about the worldly chain of command by which he chooses who he will use and speak to. It's about our faith in him and our obedience to him. It's not about uh, the pedigree in which you come from. It's not about your uh, financial uh, portfolio. It's not about your college degrees. It is not about who you know. Uh, The only one that you know that will get you in, that you must know, uh, that will work through people would be the Lord himself. And this is what God was showing uh, Samuel. And he also showed Eli. So Eli should have been the one seeing as he was the priest and was much older which to some looks like more wisdom. You know, a lot of times you look at an older person and you think they must be wise. And then all of a sudden they start talking and they're they're sounding worse than a child. So we can't go by the age of someone to determine something. Uh, We don't size them up from the outside. Uh, We look at the heart where God looks and, and use discernment. God will show you. But Eli disobeyed God by allowing his two sons to commit evil. And they were priests in the house of God. They committed evil with God's offering. They slept with the women who served at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Although Eli knew all this was going on, he did not remove them from their priestly positions. I'm going to read that to you uh, in um, Samuel uh, chapter 2. Uh, verse 29, and uh, let me go to that. Uh, Samuel chapter 2, verse 29, and here's what it says. Starting at verse uh, 29, and let me go. He says, this is what God said to uh, Eli. He says, why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering that I prescribed for my dwelling? Why do you honor your sons more than me by fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by my people, Israel? So they were stealing the most choicest pieces of the offering, of the meat offering that people would bring. And they were doing it totally out of order, making a mockery out of God's house. Listen, I don't care how old your children are. If they're doing wrong, it is up to us as parents to correct them. And I mean, we need to really correct them. Bring it to their attention. That's not right what you're doing. 
And if you keep doing it, this is what's going to happen to you. You know, I'm not saying you, you I mean, they're too old. They're grown. You don't whip them. You don't, you know, um, and uh, but you must take a stand. If you know the Lord, take a stand for what's right and correct them. And if they're grown and they're living in your house under your roof and doing evil, they've got to go. After you talk to them about that over and over again, no, 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 no. We're not, no, we're not doing this up here in the house of God. Oh, no, no. And you love them. <laughs> that doesn't mean you don't love them. And see, this is what God was saying. God said to Eli that you were honoring your sons above me. When we disobey God and allow our children to do wrong, but, and we know better, it's different if we don't know. But when we know, and these were grown men, when we know, we have a responsibility to do something about it. You know, we might not be able to stop them because they have their own choice, but we can certainly stop it if uh, from going on under our roof and making sure that we tell them the truth. Say, listen, I love you, son or daughter, but let me tell you this. You keep doing what you're doing. You're going to be sorry. You are headed for destruction. And I love you. That's why I'm telling you the truth. Tell them the truth. And let God handle the rest. What has God shown you to correct? What has God spoken to you? It is your turn. You've been called to action. Your time has come. Point number two, sometimes your call to action will be to say what most don't want to hear, <laughs> right? A lot of times it's hard to, like Samuel had to tell Eli the truth about what God had told him about Eli. Sometimes it's hard, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And we can do it within our own um, you know, way of, of communicating. We don't have to be harsh or mean. Uh, but we do it in our using our own personality and God will give you what to say. It may make you feel uncomfortable, but even in that state of mind, the key is to do and say what God gives you, no matter how it makes you or others feel. The Lord will give you the courage, strength, and wherewithal to carry out your assignment through the power of the Holy Spirit. That is why we have the Holy Spirit. That is one of the main reasons to give us the power to function, to do um, those things. He puts that super <laughs> on our uh, normal, like we're just regular human beings. But when we have the Holy Spirit, we've got superpowers, you know, like a superhero. Yeah. But like that, and he gives us that power. He puts, like my mama says, that super on our natural, right? And uh, yeah, and he leads and guides us into all truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He glorifies Jesus. Are your ears tingling yet? You're being called to action. You've been in training long enough. You've been in the shadows long enough. You've been in the background long enough. It's now time for God to show you off. Get up and get to moving. <laughs> you know, we've been doing uh, trainings uh, with, where I work for the Center for Conflict Resolution. I love what I have the um, privilege and opportunity to do. 
and uh, the team that I work with and, and our director is one of the best directors I've ever worked for in my whole life. Uh, and I mean that from with all my heart. Uh, but uh, we've been working with schools and their uh, teachers and, and administrators. Uh, and I've had the privilege and opportunity of doing that, doing training over the last five years, working with students and doing trainings with them as well. Well, this last one we did last uh, Thursday and Friday <clears throat> with an alternative uh, group of teachers, uh, alternative school. And this one, we've heard so many stories that are just heart-wrenching of what our dear teachers uh, go through, who I, I think are uh, the best uh, people Ever, I, I don't think that they get the credit that they deserve and all that they deal with. If you, a lot of us, if people don't just don't know, and it, it and I understand why you don't because if you're not in the schools, you don't know. And uh, but they they are amazing uh, at what they do. And so we were doing the training and the last of two days, the last of the two days, probably the last hour of the two days. My ears were tingling. Uh, I got a call to action because of what the group of eight teachers I had in my breakout room. We did it virtually. We've been doing the trainings virtually. So we're in different breakout rooms uh, where we talk. And um, we had three of these breakout rooms in my group of eight teachers. They were, we were doing like what we call a circle process. And I was going to ask a question, and then they answer. Before I could even ask a question, they begin to pour out, and I, I know they wouldn't stop. It, it would. They were pouring out to me what they're dealing with, and how heart wrenching it is, because the students are suffering. They're saying so many students don't have food to eat. And when you think about it, when when it gets to the alternative school, the students are far worse off, quote unquote, okay, uh, behavioral challenges. But but mo most times, it's not because they want to be mean or bad. They're labeled bad kids a lot of times. But these teachers, they don't see them that way, and they're labeled that way. But it's like this is kind of the last leg before juvenile or prison and they one of the nurses the nurse um started sharing and she was extremely quiet throughout the whole training and she said i've got something to say she said these children are hurting so bad they're traumatized she said i'm a nurse she said we see we're trying to put a Band-Aid on a scar, but inside there is this wound that has not been healed. And she said, we're not healing it in the way that we're, what the methods that we're using. She said, I have a, I had a student that came to me and said, I can't take anymore. I can't take it. I can't take it. And she said, oh, baby, what's wrong? What's wrong? And they said, it's just so hard. They said, I, my, I saw my mom get killed 
and I had to grab my little brother and jump out the window to save my and their life. And she said, it was just like, I know I was crying on the inside and I'm sure tears showed up on the outside. I was speechless. And she said, we try to do all that we can do, but you know, with the, with the district, there's a liability. You can't take a child home. You can't do this. You can't go to their home. But she said, we take risk. We, we do feed them. We can't, we can't do not do that if we see them hungry. So we, we buy stuff with our own money and we have food in our rooms so that when they come in, they can eat so they can learn. And then we've got all these requirements from the state and we can't even teach because we're trying to heal the wounds. Oh, another coach. He just was like eyes red, just crying out. He says, I had to get a young man and, and make sure to help him get transferred to a whole nother district because, because he was headed to destruction because he couldn't provide for his family. And, you know, he he was headed down the wrong road and I had to sacrifice and get him out of the district and help him. Another teacher said, I had a young man who's trying so hard. He's got a child and he's trying to raise his child and trying to get a job. These are seniors and juniors. And and I helped him with his resume. She said literally about 50 resumes we sent out. I helped him. Nobody would hire him. Because he had a blemish on his record. He said he came to her one day with tears in his eyes and said, I've got to make money. I'm going to have to go sell drugs. She said, we need help. We need the community. We can't do this ourselves. But you see, what's happening is they're isolated and and we on the outside don't know. I know because I'm in there. I see it. But that degree was something all of a sudden I heard God say, it's time. This is your call to action. This is where you're going to partner to begin the process of helping others. And, and you are, are a part of this as well. If God is showing you that. This is some of the things we're going to be doing. God has already had me write out a plan, but did not quite know who, how we're going to be doing trainings and, and life skills training and, and all kind of fun things with the, with youth and teens at the church and, and having a safe place. Uh, one of the teachers said, uh, 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 what her daughter was at the school after a, a dance and, and it was dark and, and she was the only one left and he had to wait. And the mother said, I'm not coming to pick her up. She wasn't supposed to be there anyway. He said, but ma'am, I can't stay here with her and I can't take her home. I'd get in trouble. She said, well, too bad. You know, and see, these are the things. And that's why our kids are growing up and they're angry and they're bitter because we've got hurt parents too. And so we would we would cater to the whole family and, and just honing in on that group for now. And, and just, I see it coming. God has given us a call to action. If this is something that you would like, to help with, please send me something on, on the website and just say, I want to help in whatever way you can. We'll let you know. We're getting geared up to get ready to get moving. 
Uh, time is of the essence. All right. All right, y'all. If you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the ultimate right there. That's what these babies need. That's what we all need. Jesus. Oh, I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Please check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, subscribe to our website by entering your first and last name and your email address and receive the four Greek words for love and learn more about God's agape love, that unconditional love that is going to help us to go forth and fulfill the purpose that God has given us. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.